Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie, with the Master Key. We pray that your day was a day of victory, a day of authority, a day of power, a day of the manifestation of the King of kings and the Lord of lords in every area and offense of your life. Jesus is still on the throne, and he is Lord. So therefore, you and I always have an opportunity to encounter, to experience, or to walk this thing out. Those of you that is on chat, call your families and friends to join us today. Uh, those that's on chat, our number, call-in numbers is area code 347-237-5493. Area code 347-237-5493. Call in and join us and uh, and be with us tonight to see what the Lord God has to say to us as he's preparing us uh, for our manifestation of 2013. We also like to invite all of those that's in chat and those that's on the line on my last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday prayer line. Uh, you can uh, uh, join us on, at 5.30 a.m., on the last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this particular month. Uh, our new number is area code 712-432-3900. Once again, our new number is area code 712-432-3900. And our code is 287381-POUND. 287381-POUND. For those of you who'd like to go, uh, go join us and go back over and pray with us with some of the uh, prayers that we've already been praying, you can go to our website at ejmpcc.com, and you can uh, go to the reference numbers. Uh, I think we only had two or uh, three reference numbers for the last month, but then one of those I think kind of messed up. I don't recall. But you can get the reference number. But the playback number is the area code 712-432-3903, but the same code. 712-432-3903. All right. God is a God of divine order. He is a God of purpose. The Bible let us know that Jesus Christ conquered and defeated Satan over 2,000 years ago. The Bible let us know in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, I think 14 or 15, it says, um, Jesus Christ partook of flesh and blood. 
that he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. So he had the power of death. If he had it, then who have it now? If Satan had it, that means Jesus must have the authority of death at this present time. Uh, my prayer to God that we would get holy, indignant against the violator. Satan is a violator. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we only had, in the history of this church, we only had two deaths that has taken place with members uh, of our church. And two of these individuals uh, was very loyal, very faithful, dedicated, committed young ladies, and they was taken out by the spirit of cancer. And that really bothered me. And um, um, they died prematurely. They were very young. Uh, when I say very young, I think one was in their 30s. The other one may have been in their late 40s, maybe not think 50s. Uh, but that's still young to be leaving here by the spirit of cancer. And we may have some people that have joined us today that I may have some loved ones that's been challenged. I have an aunt that is a cancer survivor. She's born again. Her husband is a cancer survivor in, uh, 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 from his colon, now just discovered cancer is in his back. My prayer that we would join together in the holy, holy indignation against this devil. Put our faith, our trust, our confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ and gather together and begin to battle and war and command the forces of darkness to loose their grip and their hold. And I've been asking God to uh, grace us what a tremendous anointing to begin to uh, battle and war and ex extend, I don't want to use the word extend, but to establish, that's the word, the victory of Christ over the spirit of infirmity. Cancer and diabetes seem like it's one of the two major uh, um, dominant uh, sick spirits of this uh, infirmity that's battles and been seen like it's been getting the victory over God's people. My problem is we begin to tolerate it because there's medication to cause us to, uh, for the pain to be alleviated or subside. And now we, we live in tolerance. And uh, the Bible let us know that you and I were made in the image and the lights of God there was no sickness or disease before sin came into the world. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to steal our life. Jesus, I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Once you become born again, you and I have abundant life. But the devil don't stop plotting. He don't stop planning. He don't stop strategizing. He don't stop attacking. And the goal is to to put pressure on you. Spiritual warfare is is, is, is exactly that's, that's what it is. The Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality. The word wrestle there in the Greek simply means close quarter contact. 
see, we want to we want to engage the devil uh, by shooting missiles at him. But all warfare is close quarter contact. I wrestled one year in high school. Didn't like wrestling. Only did it because they needed someone to. I had a spot up on the varsity. I was in the ninth grade, and I wrestled varsity in the ninth grade. My oldest brother was on the wrestling team. Actually, it was the same time of basketball. I was a basketball player. And uh, I just did it for one year. It was kind of good at it. Uh, uh, but when you wrestle, you, you, you can't pin your opponent if there is not a struggle, if there's not close quarter contact. And the goal is to overthrow your opponent, to pin your opponent, or to use a pressure tactic on your opponent and your opponent say, I give. They quit. That's what spiritual warfare is. The enemy, he uses pressure tactics physically, sickness and disease, mentally, uh, worry, anxiety, uh, he, he used these pressure tactics to get you to quit on God, to stop believing the word, or to even speak contrary to what the Lord, word of God has said about you, who you are in your relationship with him. He is a master strategist. He plots and plans. He watches. He observes. And understand, not the devil himself, but his agents. Satan only can be in one place at one time. He's not omnipresent. So he's always plotting. He's always planning. He's always strategizing. He hates God's creation. He don't only hate the church, but he hates every human being. Because human beings was made in the image and the likeness of God. So he already have a lot of the human beings who's not born again. And he have some human beings that is born again. And the human beings that he have that is born again, according to the word of the Lord, uh, is those that is confessing to be uh, confessing to be saved, but they're yet they're still walking in the dictates, cravings, and passion wills of their flesh. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians about the natural man receiving not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. So therefore, he uses pressure tactics. He uses pressure tactics uh, uh, on jobs and, uh, and business deals uh, to get you to lie, to cheat, to manipulate. If, because he's looking for an entrance. He's looking for an entrance. Paul said in the word of the Lord, give no place to the devil. Give no place to the devil. If he said give no place, that means we can give him place. And then if we give him place, if we understand spiritual warfare, that we have given up ground to him. Now he occupy a dimension or an area that I once occupied, or I want to say I occupied, that the Holy Spirit occupied. He said, give no place to the devil. So his ultimate goal is to use pressure tactics, and he said, I just can't take it no more. I give up, I quit. And you may not even say it, but your actions will dictate, I'm tired. I can't take it no more. Seem like, you know, the Lord is not doing anything. Seem like the Lord is not moving. And so you move. 
He is a master, ladies and gentlemen, in getting people to move off of the promises of God, off of the word of the Lord. That's why God loves persistence. Persistence reveals that you really believe him. Persistence reveals that you really, you really trust him. And so, excuse me, so no matter what is going on in your life that is contrary to what God has promised you, you have made a decision that I'm going to stand on the unadulterated, infallible word of God. And even with that, do we really understand what it means to stand on the word of God? It doesn't mean quoting scripture. It doesn't mean confessing scripture. I've been in in, in a state of, uh, of meditation today, um, observing my life, those that are around me. Really started yesterday. Uh, people that God has used me to raise up, and uh, I'm, I'm talking about leaders. And uh, and my question to God has been: I was sharing this with uh, one of my spiritual sons today, and uh, uh, I was said sharing with him that I was uh, talking with someone yesterday. That all the people that has been around me for years, and, and I don't want this to sound arrogant, what I'm about to say. I said, I haven't met, no, there's nobody like me. And what I meant by like me, by the grace of God that's at work in my life towards relationship. Been loyal, dedicated to the Lord, been sold out. And it seemed like we're, we, 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 we're so easy to give up, so easy to quit. So easy to um, to just throw our hands up. Uh, as a sinner, I never was like that. But you gotta press. You gotta fight. And I want everybody to hear me real good. That you 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 gotta you you gotta fight to have a relationship with God. The devil don't want you, me, and none of us to develop intimacy with God. He don't want us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He don't want us to have a relationship with Jesus. So he will manipulate us, put, use pressure tactic for us to give up. And the sad thing about it, sometimes you can give up and you don't even realize that you don't gave up because you're not in relationship with nobody that is a, uh, is a light to you or a mirror to you to show you. Because I'm questioning even my relationship with God. There's individual uh, um, 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 that I confronted and and my thing is, and God began to reveal some things to me, how is it that this person can be around me and feel comfortable? That spirit that's using them, be comfortable. I'm examining my life. I'm examining my life. But you've got to be persistent. You can't give up. You can't quit. I want you to listen to this scripture, if you will, in the book of Romans, chapter 5. Listen to this right here. See, see, if you and I do this here, the devil can't stop us. I'm going to start verse 3, but verse 4 and 5 is what I really want to focus on. Verse 3 says, moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt 
and triumph. In our troubles, let us what? Exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unwavering endurance. What produces patience? What produces unwavering endurance? It says, exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produces patient and unswaving endurance. That's for all of us. That's not for the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. This is for all of us. So if I buckle up under pressure, and you got to understand something, the pressure comes. God is allowing it. God is allowed to never bring pressure on us. But what happens a lot of times when the pressure comes, see, see, we got to make this thing practical. Pressure comes to get me to violate my relationship with God. Pressure comes to get me to move off of the word of God. Pressure comes to get me to say something that's contrary to the word of God. Pressure. So what kind of pressure? There's different kinds of pressure. I can't see that. There's, there's different kinds of, excuse me, if you will. There's different kind of pressure that comes. The pressure that comes is designed to alter me, to change me, to get me to become something and somebody else that God had not ordained upon and known in me. The scripture, once again, ladies and gentlemen, is Romans chapter 5, verse 3. I haven't read verse 4 yet. And I haven't read verse 5. It's Romans chapter 5, verse 3, 4, and 5. It comes to it. So, so, so. I was sharing with somebody, uh, well, we need them to, as long as you and I are living in this body. See, a lot of people think it's magic, that I'm not going to experience pressure. As long as you live in this body, your body, my body, the Adamic nature is in our body, the Adamic nature. Paul made a statement this way in the Word of God, Romans chapter 7. He says, uh, he says uh, uh, the thing that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And the thing that I do want to do, I find myself not doing. Then he started talking about these laws that is in his uh, uh, members, warring against the law of his mind, bringing him subject to the law of sin that's on the inside of him. He was talking about the war. But the conclusion was the victory came through Jesus Christ. But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If I have Jesus, I have victory. If I have Jesus, I have victory. Pressure comes. But the Bible clearly tells me how I am to respond. What should be my attitude and my disposition in pressure? Pressure situations used to be it's, it's temptation situations. <clears throat> so, it's, 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 so the enemy comes to tempt me. The enemy comes to tempt you. For what reason? He tempted us to get us to move out of our relationship with God. He used pressure tactics. It says, I am to exalt, I am to triumph in 
my troubles. I am to rejoice in my suffering. I'm to rejoice in my suffering. And suffering comes many different ways. I can be suffering. I'm under the attack of the enemy to get me to manipulate my relationship with my pastor. I, I can be up under pressure to manipulate my relationship with my spouse. I got to fight that. I got to fight that. Thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory. I have victory through my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Notice what it says, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Notice what it says. Verse 4. And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character. Now, that's the, that is the area right there where we're so liking. And, and I'm, I'm a character person. My, my, usually when you hear me talk, majority of it's about character. I talk about internal fortification. So many people is so eloquent and, and they're so gregarious and, and, and they have such an external attraction about them. But internal, weak as water because they have never allowed the troubles and the sufferings and the pressure and the afflictions and the hardships to develop their character. Great preachers, great teachers, fully consistent, but weak internally. It's take internal fortification to be committed and dedicated and loyal to the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. You can never be loyal to anyone to you to loyal to the Lord. And notice what it says here. And endurance fortitude uh, develops maturity of character. And I love how to break it down. What is maturity of character? Approved faith and tried integrity. It is what? Approved faith and tried integrity. And see, one of the things I think that probably bothers me the most, what really bothers me the most is, is we have all this word. We got all the Bibles, we got all the books, we got computers, we got software, we 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 do the devotions and, and we and, and we pray and we fast. I can't comprehend it. And it does not affect us in our relationship with God. I don't know if God has me in a vein right now, and I, I know He's getting he, He's He's preparing us for manifestation of tremendous blessing. But ladies and gentlemen, God is not Santa Claus. It is not magic. It is not magic. Yesterday we was talking about our relationship with the Lord by being we were talking about salvation on yesterday, that me giving my life to the Lord. What does it really mean for me to give my life to the Lord? And, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit is God. His job is to bring conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I am convinced that so many of us uh, uh, confessing believers do is not saved because I mean I'm talking about Tom talkers. I have people standing my face and lying directly to me in my face uh, and speaking tongues, but there's no conviction. I don't see how we can live this way. Something's wrong, 
and that's why I know without a doubt, ladies and gentlemen, as we did the teaching on Saturday uh, uh, concerning spiritual warfare and the demonic, there's a, there's a lot of us believing, confessing is satanically uh, influenced and induced. I never saw so much lies. I said I never saw so much manipulation. And yet we'll turn around and say, I love God and I love the person that I just lied to and manipulated. So you have to ask yourself the question, how could this be? How could this be? I don't counsel so many people. And, 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 and it's, it's fascinating for us. I mean, go to church, sing in the choir, sing the praise team, play music, uh, play uh, instruments. Ushers, or whatever you want to call them, audiovisual, whatever. I mean, and and there's no conviction of the Holy Spirit. There's, 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 there is. I, let me ask you this question here. I'm going to make some major changes in, in, in our ministry. Some major changes. We we already in the midst of uh, uh, developing a leadership team, and. Uh, to put uh, getting things in order for us to be able to uh, uh, to advance, to prepare us for the glory of God, to prepare us for the presence of God, to prepare us for the anointing of God. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. If I actually do you love God, you're going to tell me yes. With the love of the Lord that God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. What the scripture says. Let, let me get back to this right here. Let me, let me finish the scripture. I'm getting off course here. Let me, let me finish the scripture. God's trying to help us, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 4, and endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character. Maturity of character, maturity of character. What is maturity of character again? Approved faith, tried integrity. Approved faith, tried integrity. What is tried integrity? That God will allow you to be in a grocery store. You see somebody drop their billfold or their uh, a wallet out of their purse. You pick it up. And and you don't give them their purse back, or you can uh, go to the grocery store, and the cashier gives you twenty dollars over uh, than than what you're supposed to receive, but you see it as a blessing from God. God was testing your integrity. Instead of you going back giving that person that twenty dollars, and say, you know, you gave me too much money, God was testing, trying your integrity. Your integrity. Your integrity. Watch this right here, if you will. And it goes on to say, and character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Verse 5. Such hope never disappoints. Such hope never disappoints. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Are you seeing this, ladies and gentlemen? God expects for me to grow. He expects for you to grow. Romans 8, not Romans 8, John 8, no, it's not John 8, John 15, 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. That you do what? Bear much fruit. 
Now, one of my main concerns is what I see is going on in the body, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, concerning our relationship with the Lord. And what I mean by our relationship with the Lord is, I'm looking for a scripture here as um, I'm talking to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here, here it is. Uh, our relationship uh, w- w- with the Lord. You and I should be striving every day to be like him. Now, let's look at a scripture here. I want to I bring up a scripture I brought out Sunday before we end, uh, end today. I got at least another 30 minutes here. Let's go to the book of James, if you will. Let's go to the book of James. Now, I ask this question all the time. Do Satan know scripture? Absolutely. He's a master of scripture. He knows scripture greater than all of us. Well, I'm, I'm going to show you something. Listen, my prayer to the most high God that all of us, you've been ready to get blessed. That's without a doubt that we don't lose our blessing. We don't let the devil come take our blessing that God is getting ready to manifest. People is getting ready to get uh, new jobs. People is getting ready to get raises. People is getting ready to get promotion. People is getting ready to experience supernatural cancellation of debts. People is getting ready to experience supernatural cancellation of uh, foreclosures. This is a season of the supernatural. It really is. But still, it's not magic. God want to do this so he can get glory out of your life and my life. But what God gives you and I, we have an obligation and a responsibility to keep what God gives us. He's given it to us for himself so he can get glory out of our lives. Do not let the devil come steal, kill, and destroy what God um, released into your life, or don't let what God released into your life destroy you. It's about character. Let's look at James. James chapter 1, starting at verse 3, excuse me, 22. Let me start with verse 21. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your heart contains the power to save your soul. Contains the power to do what? Save your soul. What is able to save my soul? The word that is root that's implanted, the word that is rooted, where in my heart? It's scripture says it contains the power to save my soul. So you mean my soul needs to be saved? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. But I thought I always I was already saved. Your spirit is. You were born again by the spirit. Now your soul needs to be saved. The Bible talks about the salvation of your soul. The Bible talks about in Romans chapter 12, presenting your body a living sacrifice, holding itself unto God, which is your reason of service. And present your body. I think I'm quoting that scripture again. Uh, reason of service. 
Uh, I'm messing that scripture up. I apologize here. There it is, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is a part of your soul. So if my soul is not saved, it does me no good to be saved. Well, I can't say it do me no good, because if I get saved today and die tonight, it, it does me some good. Uh, go be with the Lord. But let's look at this, if you will. He says, the word of God is designed to be implanted, to be rooted in my heart. That word contains the power to save my soul, to save my mind, to save my heart. Verse 22 says, but be doers of the word. But be what? Doers of the word. What word? The word that was implanted, the word that was rooted in my heart, the word that contains the power to save my soul. It says, but be doers of that word. Obey the message and not merely listen to it. Betraying yourself into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. And that's where the problem is. That's where the problem is. We have morning devotions. We go to church on Sundays. Some people have Sunday evening service. Some people have midweek Bible study. Some people have life groups. We're always in the Word, in the Word. Now, something is wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let me ask you a question. If I'm constantly in this Word... And I know scripture from Genesis to Revelation, but I'm still dominated by demon spirits. And I'm quoting scripture. Is there something wrong? But what's what even more fascinating to me is we don't act like anything wrong. We go on like everything is, is, is well. I can't comprehend it. And I know for a fact that a lot of people I'm in a relationship with and that's been around me have never experienced Jesus, have never had an encounter. It's impossible. I'm one of the most miserable person in the world when I sin against God. And I got to get it right. I cannot walk around with unforgiveness. I'm miserable. Who's making me miserable? The Holy Spirit. And how does the Holy Spirit make me miserable? Because that word that's implanted in my heart, he's taking that word and making me miserable because I'm, I'm operating contrary to that word, and he's making me miserable. Why is he making me miserable? To get it right. I have, broke, I have broken fellowship with the Lord. When you got unforgiveness, there is broken fellowship. You're not in fellowship. You're in relationship, but you're not in fellowship. And what people understand is the distinction between relationship and fellowship. I'm in relationship with my wife via marriage. But I, we've been married going on 26 years. But you want to know something? I could be married to her for 26 years through relationship, but never experienced fellowship in 26 years. Sleep together, eat together, do things together but not in genuine fellowship. You want to know why, ladies and gentlemen? 
because the fellowship have everything to do with your heart. It have everything to do with the internal workings of a man's heart. So if you're in relationship, think about it. If you are in relationship, but you are constantly lying to one another, are you in fellowship? Absolutely not. You are in relationship with God because you asked Jesus to come into your life and be your Savior. So he came into your life, boom, instantly you became into relationship with the Father. But all those days that you've been in relationship with him, you've never been in fellowship with him. You've been in unbroken fellowship. Not unbroken fellowship, in broken fellowship, excuse me. You've been in broken fellowship. And what breaks fellowship, ladies and gentlemen? Sin. Selfishness. Self-centeredness. Self-righteousness. Self, self, self breaks my fellowship with the Lord. If any man is going to come out to me, the first thing he got to do is deny himself, take up his cross. Then the man can follow me. Then the man can follow or then the man can be in fellowship with me. The enemy's ultimate goal is to get you and I to break fellowship with God. Now watch this right here. Can I, can I be in fellowship with God? And un excuse me, and broken fellowship with my wife. Impossible. Impossible. You want to know why? Because if I'm in fellowship with God, it's going to be manifested in my relationship with my earthly relationship. Put it that way. Now let me let me put it another way. Can I be in fellowship with my with my wife? And be in broken fellowship with God. It's possible. Know why? Because she can be God. Because I'm more loyal to her and dedicated to her than the God that created her and myself. That's idolatry. She became an idol. So I'm more concerned about my relationship with her than my relationship with God. And that's where a lot of people is located. My wife does a broadcast on 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 on, on Thursdays, and uh, uh, I know about a month ago she was hitting that very hard about ladies being in relationship with God more than your husband, being in relationship with God more than your husband, being in relationship with God more than your husband. Your relationship with your relationship with your husband is going to be contingent upon your relationship with God. That's wonderful. Who's living it? Who's experiencing it? Let me ask you a question. Can you be in relationship, fellowship? Can you be in fellowship and be afraid of the person you're in fellowship with? Impossible. Impossible. Because fellowship have everything to do. Biblical fellowship. When there's biblical fellowship, there is biblical intimacy. When I teach on relationship, I bring this out from time to time. You can, you can be married 
and never experience intimacy. You can be married and never experience intimacy. Sex is not intimacy. And so think about it. If I'm not spiritual, then I value the sex. And because what you want to do, you're going to interpret sex as intimacy. And so many people need to be healed because they bring that mentality from the world over into the church. You need to be saved. And so what happens is if I can just 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 uh, have sex with my partner, everything going to be all right. No, it's not. That's not intimacy. Why is not intimacy? You know what intimacy is? Being naked and not ashamed. You know what intimacy is? Being transparent. Why then, and all this has to do with our relationship with God, ladies and gentlemen. Everything to do with our relationship with God. How much of our intimacy, how much of our sexual relationship is a lie? Because I'm tying this in with our relationship with God. See, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. The, the, the connotation of sexual relationship with your spouse is a, is a form of worship before God. In the natural, it's sexual relationship with your spouse. But in the spirit, it's worship before God. Why? Because when you and your spouse come together, you all have taken all of your clothes off. And I hope this is not too graphic for uh, any young person, but we need to start teaching our children anyway. You're, all your clothes is off. You're naked. You see everything. You know everything. That's what worship. Worship is becoming bare before God. You become vulnerable before God. It's intimacy. Don't worship it. It's intimacy with God. God, here am I. My spirit, soul, and body. You in worship, you, you're not ashamed to tell him how ugly you've been, how dirty you've been. You're confessing it before him. And the reason you're confessing it before him, so he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from the thing you're confessing. So you can come back into fellowship with him and you can experience true worship with him. And he can, he can have intimacy with your spirit and your spirit have intimacy with God because of you have judged yourself. You say, God, this is the thing that has hurt, hindered and uh, broke my fellowship with you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. He says, son, I'm faithful. I'm just. I'm going to cleanse you from this thing. I'm going to move this thing from you so you and I can come back into fellowship and you and I can experience intimacy again. But what breaks at me hiding and trying to manipulate God? And then I turn around and say, I love God. So how many, how many, excuse me, how many of us have ever experienced true intimacy? We're not ashamed, said God, here am I. Ladies and gentlemen, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every human being upon the face of the earth. It's not the sin, it's how, how you handle it, what you do with it. What you do with it? How many husbands and wives 
been married five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60 years. I've got some people that married 50 some years. Then Bishop Hammond been married 50 some years. And have never experienced intimacy. Something is wrong. I'm going to tell you what's wrong. Somebody don't have a relationship with God. Somebody is self-deceived. And I always understand this right here, ladies and gentlemen. You know what the scripture says here? In, 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 um, in James chapter uh, 1 here, verse 23. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at, the, at his own natural uh, face in the mirror. That's not the one I want to look at. Uh, verse 22. But he, excuse me, but be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listens to it. Betrays yourself into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. Now, how do a person become self-deceived? By listening to the word and refuse to obey it. Let's break this down. Now, if I choose the word of God, true, you're going to say yes. Well, what will make me a man and make you a woman a truth, obeying it? If I don't obey it, I deceive myself. I want you to listen to it good because it's, it's amazing how many people is deceived. A person that is deceived, only thing they can do is deceive. A person that does not do the word, know what the word of God says, and the scripture, he that knoweth to do truth and do it not unto him, it is sin. So if I am deceived, just say I'm married to my wife. I know what the word of the Lord said I should do, concern my relationship with God and my relationship with her. If I don't do that, what the words say, then I become self-deceived. And if I become self-deceived, what you think I'm going to do in the relationship? I'm going to deceive her. I will become an instrument of deception in the hand of Satan. Are, are we getting this? So if I refuse to do the word of God, I become self-deceived, and once I become self-deceived, then I now be an instrument of deception. I'm going to deceive my spouse. I'm going to deceive my children. I'm going to deceive everybody around me. And the Bible says Satan is the deceiver of the brethren. The scripture says, no, it says he accuses the brother. But it is say he go into the world deceiving in the book of Revelation there, humanity. But, watch this right here, then if I refuse to do the word, I become self-deceived, then that means I become a deceiver of men. Now, if somebody come and ask me, do you love God? What do you think I'm going to say? Yeah, I love God, but I refuse to do his word. I said, I love God. If I ever deceive my wife, and somebody says, you love your wife? I say, yeah, I love my wife. I, I really believe that. That's what deception is. Deception 
makes you believe something that is not true. And you will curse somebody out if they tell you you didn't. You will fight somebody and say, ain't no way you can't tell me I don't love my wife. That's how powerful deception is, ladies and gentlemen. If deception was so easy to be recognized, none of us would be deceived. But did Satan deceive me? No. Who deceived me? I deceived myself. So all of us that gets up in the morning, we got our devotional books, we got all these different things that we have. We got five, six, seven devotional books. We probably have a Bible plan. We're reading all of this stuff, whatever the case may be, and we refuse to do it. We become self-deceived. So what did you read this morning that you didn't do today? What did I read, what did I read this morning I didn't do today? He is a hearer of the word, not a doer of the word, deceives his, his own self. Now, God is getting ready to manifest his blessing. Now, if I have not been doing the word, I'm self-deceived. And when God pulls out his blessings upon my life in that state of self-deception, what you think is going to happen with the blessing? The same entity that manipulated me not to be a doer of the word, he which is the author of deception, is going to deceive me right out of the blessings that God gave me. Now, he become the owner of the blessing. Can you see the manipulation? Can you see the manipulation? And, and, and it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. But we have, uh, we have this kind of stuff around us. And, it's so, and it's become, it becomes norm. It's become normal. And one of the things that bothers me with individuals is when we want to operate in ministry and we're afraid of the devil. God speaks to the children of Israel, go to the land of Canaan, send 12 spies into the land of Canaan. Ten was not afraid. Uh, uh, excuse me, two was not afraid. Ten was afraid. Their fear reveals that God was not, re was not real to them. Reveals that God was not real to them. If God is not real to you, how could anybody else be real to you? And, 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 and what people do not understand, a demon spirit is, a, is an embodied personality. When you're talking to people, a personality is going to talk back to you because that's what we are. We are personalities. We just have a body. Demons have a body. We are personalities with body. They are personalities with no body. So if a person is under the influence of a lying spirit, then the lying spirit will, will, will manifest its personality through your personality. And because you can't see a spirit, you can't tell when you're in and out of that personality because it masks itself. I was addressing someone. I'm going to show you how to say how how a person can't, can't discern this thing. I was talking to someone recently, and I was addressing them. 
and I was being stern, really was dealing with the spirit, but being stern. And they made a statement, see, when you talk like that, that's how people become afraid. And they had absolutely no idea what they were saying. Adam, where are thou? I heard your voice and I was afraid. Who told you you was afraid? What have you done? Because that's not of me. That's not of my character. That's not of my personality. That is not from heaven. Fear is not from heaven. You're afraid? So when a person spoke, when they spoke, they realized that was a personality speaking through them. Because perfect love casts out all fear. So if I'm walking in love, there's no reason for me to be afraid of no human being upon the face of the earth or the devil himself. So it reveals that that personality was dominating and speaking through that person. Nobody can make you afraid. You choose to be afraid. You choose to love, you choose to forgive, or you choose to be afraid, and you choose to worry. It's a choice. You want to yield to the Holy Spirit, or you yield to demon spirits. It's no in-between, ladies and gentlemen. There is no in-between. And you can never help a person like that. Because Why? It is self-preservation. And, and how you help a person like that, the only way you can help them is they trust you and willing to do whatever you tell them to do. And they don't come to that place that they're willing to do whatever you tell them to do. You're wasting your time with that person. You cannot help them. The only way a person can be helped, you're going to give them the word. Do this. You're going to give them the scripture, do this. If they refuse to do that, you cannot help them. Because the very thing that caused them to be self-deceived will be the very thing that will cause them to be true. What? The word of God. When I refuse to do the word, I become self-deceived. If I do the word, I become a person of truth and integrity. It's no magic. It's not magic. We're in a season right now that uh, uh, the beginning of the year for you all that, uh, that is in the knowledge, this is a season of first fruits. First fruits. First fruits is your first income in the beginning of the year. Okay. So, matter of fact, I suppose I did it Friday and, and got distracted. But I got my first fruits check. Right here, send it off to my bishop. First fruits, that's my paycheck. That's Kathy's paycheck. It's going to Santa Rosa Beach. Got an envelope right here. I would have sent it off today. I didn't have a stamp. That gave me some stamps in my office there. Stamps, send it off. That's what the Word of God teaches. Now, I can do that or don't do that. If I don't do that, I became self-deceived. Tithing. I'm a tither. I never miss paying tithes since I've been saved. So my tithe goes to my bishop. Now, what the word of God said, tithe. Help, will a man rob God? 
then we we get into these confrontations about, well, you know, that's Old Testament, there's a New Testament. Well, it's under the law. Tithe is not under the law. Tithe before the law, it was established. And the reason people try to find a loophole, people are always trying to find a loophole for not to give. And they're going to always be broke. They're going to always be oppressed and depressed, and they'll never experience the abundance of God. It belongs to God, ladies and gentlemen. It belongs to God. So we try to, we, we take the word and we try to f- use that word to fit us. And we don't realize and I, I understand that's a form of witchcraft. It's a form of witchcraft. You don't know that, but that's what it is. You're trying to get God to bow down to you. You're trying to change the Bible. about how Satan in the book of Isaiah 14, how he would try to exalt himself above the knowledge of God. He's going to be just like God, uh, uh, try to be like God, and, 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 and uh, he's going to try to change the laws. That's what people understand. That's a form of antichrist. You're trying to change the word to fit your need instead of conforming to the word. Oh, I know the Lord is challenging you tonight. He's challenging us tonight. He's helping us understand some things. He helping us understand some things. So this is a season, first fruits. Will you obey God? Well, I'm afraid. I don't know how I'm going to make it. It's by faith. See, when you do what God tells you to do, you put a demand on God. You put a demand on God. It's God's responsibility to take care of me. If I do what he say, it's all for me. It's on him now. I believe you. I trust you. That's how faith operates, ladies and gentlemen. Just do what he said. It becomes his responsibility. His responsibility. When God said, go into Canaan, they saw giants. I'm in Canaan. It's your responsibility now, God. You told him to go, I'm in Canaan. Now look at all these giants. It's your responsibility. Then God said, take out your sword and begin to swing it. And then you don't even see that angel taking your hand. And you don't miss. Every time you swing, you're cutting somebody's head off. And it's supernatural. Because now you're qualified for supernatural help by doing what God told you to do. You know what fear is? Self-preservation. You protecting your own self. You becoming your own God. You become your own provider. I can't pay my tithes. I can't afford to pay my tithes. I can't afford to pay my first rule. You become your God. You become God. You become Jehovah Jireh. And you'll never make it. You'll never succeed. That'll never happen. You'll never be able to provide for yourself. Supernaturally, baby. I mean, what God can do for you in one year will blow your mind. I shared this principle one particular time uh, uh, when we was living off the box. I'm a three years harvest. There was a time that we could live. We was living off a three years harvest. Now God had brought us to the point economically that we didn't have to touch our paycheck. Period. Supernatural. Just by obeying, being loyal, being faithful. You don't see it today, but let me share something with you. You, God will never allow you to owe him something. Never. When you do what you're supposed to do, it puts a demand on him to do what he said he's going to do. So don't allow the enemy to manipulate you and trick you. Don't allow the enemy to steal from you. Let this be a year of intimacy with the Lord. Let this be a year of fellowship with the Lord. Let this be a year that I'm going to step out. I'm going to obey God. Let this be a year of rededicating and reconsecrating ourselves to the Lord. Watch what he do. 
Let it be a year of obedience. Let me obey God. Let me get things in kingdom order. Let me get set free from the vices. God said, I'm releasing the contender against every last one of your en- enemies. If your enemy is the spirit of fear that's been dominating you, a spirit of lying that's been dominating you, a spirit of anger that's been dominating you, a spirit of oppression that's been dominating you, a spirit of, of infirmity that's been dominating you, a spirit of poverty that's been dominating you, a spirit of perversion that's been dominating you, a spirit of Jezebel that's been dominating you, whatever the spirit has been that's been dominating you, rejection, whatever has been, insecurity, God say, I'm going to contend against those that contend against you. But he can't do it if you don't trust him. Yield to him. Submit to him. Do something. It's not magic. You don't sit in your house and say, pray, 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 pray. There's a time to pray and there's a time to act. There's a time to pray and there's a time to do. And this is the season of doing. You've been praying for years, but this is the season of doing. Now let's start doing what we've been praying all these years. Let's do and watch the supernatural power of God begin to flow in our lives. Watch the angelic help. Watch the manifestation and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Watch it, holy, uh, ladies and gentlemen. My time is up. Well, I pray that the Lord has spoken something to you. I pray that God has challenged you today. I pray that God has challenged your faith. God has challenged your intimacy. God has challenged your consecration. God has challenged your dedication. God has challenged all your lack of dedication. I pray that he has challenged you in your thinking that tonight, before you go to bed, you want to get up and do something that you have not done. You're going to obey that word that he spoke to you this morning. And watch the supernatural manifestation demonstration of the Holy Ghost in your life. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this has been your host. Come join us the last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. on the prayer line at 5.30 a.m., uh, uh, n- uh, new numbers, Erico 712-432-3900, 712-432-3900, code 287381-pound, 287381-pound. So, therefore, go to our website and pray along with us the previous prayers that we have prayed. The reference numbers is there. Uh, website at ejmpcc.com, ejmpcc.com. Let us become the men and women of God that God has ordained upon us to be the church that God has called us to be, a force in the earth realm, pushing back and driving back the forces of darkness, establishing the kingdom of God for the kingdom of God to be advanced. He's looking for men and women whose heart is bent perfect towards him. Will you answer the call tonight? Are you one of the ones that the Lord is calling so he can do exploits through you? Once again, we love you. Thank God for you. Tomorrow, Kathy and I will be on the line at 1 p.m. tomorrow. And she would be on there Thursday, and we're probably going to be even altering our time and in, in, in what we've been doing here. Uh, I'm putting my household in order, my family in order, panorama in order, uh, DOMA uh, in order. Those, we may have some pastors online that want to be a part of a fellowship. We have an apostolic prophetic fellowship. We'd love for you to be a part of that as well. Ladies and gentlemen, love you. Thank God for you. I pray I do solicit your prayers, and I pray that you would genuinely pray for me. I war for you. I battle for you every day. And I pray that you will pray for me, that I will be the man of God that God has ordained upon and honored me to be, and that God will reveal to me if there's anything that's blocking my intimacy with him, that he will give me the grace to confess it, to renounce it, to denounce it, that my fellowship with him will not be broken. We love you, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. Until tomorrow at 1 p.m., this has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master Key. God bless you. Have a good night.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.